Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, guys. We have a very special guest, longtime friend, I feel like Julie and I have known forever, Michelle McClintock. Michelle is widely, um, I think, believed to be seen as the nation's number one short sale expert. She's been an integral part of our coaching program for just forever, and she mm-hmm. was one of the architects of our short sale program back in 07 through 09. And since then, she's gone on to do, I don't even know how many, we'll ask her here in a second, thousands, if not tens of thousands of short sales. We're going to be digging down into and drilling down into short sales as relates to this new market. The short sale information that a lot of you guys had from back in the you know, 07 through 09 phase, and I know some of you don't even know what a short sale is, and you don't even know what, um, you know, essentially how to do a short sale. We're going to be touching on that uh, on this show as well. But really, here's the bottom line. Most everything that you knew from back then is irrelevant now. So make sure you're paying attention and taking great notes. Without any further delay, Michelle, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Tim. It's uh, good to be back. I'm not so sure it's good to be back (laughs) under these circumstances, but uh, it is what it is, and we move forward from that. Um, So here we are today, and it's a whole new world. I'm going to say... you know, you we need to pivot on this one. We're in a national pause, I would have to say. Yeah, I know. It's, you know, you and I were just, uh, we used to talk constantly and dealing with so many agents back in 07 through whatever, and we won't, you know, we won't visit the past for too long here. But the conversations were back, back then about, you know, what's a short sale? I had the seller with this problem, the other problem. And it was just never-ending problems. Short sale on the first, short sale on the second. You know, agents really trying to wrap their minds around what a short sale is. So let's start there. What is a short sale, and why would a bank do one? Great, or great, great question. Um, typically, banks want to do short sales. It's a less expensive process for them. Um, a short sale is actually where the person takes out a mortgage, let's say, for example, 300000 Today, the property is worth 250000 There's a shortfall of approximately $50,000, and the bank's going to basically eat that shortfall in order for the seller to get you know, out from underneath the property and uh, them not to lose too much money on the property um, or on the so loan, actually. Re- so, guys, basically what she said is in a short sale situation, and you're going to be running into these situations sooner than unfortunately you might think. Uh, many of you are going to be running these situations for the first time, and there's opportunity in knowing how to solve these problems for people. So this is really what you should be taking away from this. Be focused on the opportunity. You're going to walk into sellers' houses. The sellers are not going to have an attachment to reality as far as what the house is worth. They're going to add up their first and maybe their second mortgage, and then they're going to realize that with your selling commissions, they're upside down. Many a weak agent are going to just basically bail on that listing because they're not going to know how to solve that seller's problem. So, you know, they're basically they're not going to know what to do. And how many agents out there right now have listings that when the houses are going to be priced to the market, 
but there then the sellers are going to be upside down. A lot of you are going to be experiencing a barrage of problems similar to what I just described, and you don't have the tools, the equipment, the and knowledge, really, and the skill set to, to push through it. Um, and that's one of the things that we have always taught you and will always teach you as part of our premier coaching program, and more information on that in a second. But so literally what she just said is what happens. You're going to walk into sellers' houses, and the sellers are going to be upside down, which is what the term is when they owe more than it's worth. Um, and then you're going to be able to help them still move forward and sell the house. Now, let's, let's just get into the weeds a little bit with some more technical questions. Michelle, what's the difference between a recourse and a non-recourse mortgage? Because agents are all, especially those that are green to this topic, they're not going to understand uh, what are the negative ramifications towards a seller. Well, recourse, they can go after you afterwards. Um, and non-recourse, they cannot go after you, basically. Um, and that's going to be state specific. Um, most of the banks, if you do a short sale on a primary residence, for sure, you, it's going to be um, non-recourse. And so what happens, even in the states where, so in some states, the, re, the recourse could be, recourse means basically, she and I are not attorneys or accountants, but the gist of it is, is that whatever the amount of the uh, debt that the bank forgives, they could technically go after you and uh, sue you for that balance. And And so in, after 07 through 09, what we saw, and I don't have to ask her because she's going to know more than me, but so some states have recourse, and, and they were, it was limited for a amount of time, so they could go after you for a certain amount of time. Others had no recourse. Like I think California has no recourse. Are there any states that just have, I mean, full recourse? I don't think there is, is there? I don't I mean, know the just, answer to that. I mean, I it, that would is. be it. You know, agents would need to check on that specifically, but I, yep. I don't think so. Right. And so, um, like in Nevada, if I remember correctly, after you did a short sale, the bank could technically go after you for recourse for, I think, six months, maybe 90 days. Did you ever hear of any of the banks, actually, even when they could go after uh, borrowers for, you know, the default, or not for the default, but for the recourse? Did you ever hear of any banks doing it? Um, I heard of a few, and typically they were lines of credits that they were trying to collect on, but... Um, typically, you know, those were resolvable. Um, I, I don't know of anybody that I, – I do know somebody that had a line of credit. They ended up freezing her bank account, and uh, we we were able to get that resolved for her. But, uh, but that was one very story. Few and far, yep, how many very short, few. Yeah, but how many short sales have you been involved in? Like, do oh. you even know how many? <laughs> I'm. I don't. I mean, it's in, definitely in the thousands, multiple thousands. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've never heard of anyone having. So, so that's the first thing because a lot of you guys are going to start believing that you know you don't want to do a short sale because the bank will sue you for the difference, and it didn't happen before. Who knows if it's going to happen this time? But probably not. And so let's mm-hmm. move on from a seller's perspective. Why would they, credit-wise, what, what? How does this work? So if, and just walk them through, like, the importance of, like, not missing a payment, for example, unless that's changed. Um, we do short sales all the time where the, the homeowner does not miss any payments. It's not mandatory anymore, like, you know, days gone by. Um, so often, you know, we'll suggest that you start a short sale without missing payments. If that's not an option for someone, um, that's okay too. You can do short sales with missed payments. So, um, you know, once they've missed a payment or not, they need to get with the bank, find out what their options are. 
there is a program, you know, whether that will change going forward. It's called waterfall testing now where every single person has to be looked at for all options. And all options are a loan modification, short sale, deed in lieu, or simply foreclosure. Um, and tell me from having that experience, where do you see generally most people, which bucket do they fall in when, you know, going um, through the waterfall process? Yeah, great great question. I mean, obviously, if a homeowner can stay in their house, that is the best option for all parties, um, especially what's coming down the line now. Um, the unemployment rate is astronomical. Hopefully, a lot of that will change in the future. But, you know, if you are not employed, you are not a candidate for a loan modification. Um, so the next, next stepping stone for the homeowner after they've missed, you know, several payments is to go to a short sale. So and short sale is the best option for a homeowner because, you know, it's got the less, the, the less amount of impact on their credit typically. Right. And so back in the day, and I'm hoping you can clarify this, and I'm, again, referring or asking Michelle because she's the expert way more than we are, way more than I am anyway. Um, so the advice is not to miss a payment because it's the payment, actually, the missed payment that slaughters the credit score, let alone multiple missed, uh, missed payments. But it's the first one that does most of the damage, and again, Michelle, correct me if I'm wrong. So if you correct. can do a short sale without a missed payment, isn't there a way that a borrower can literally get a government-backed mortgage within a short time after the short sale closes? Yes, that is true. I mean, unfortunately, I don't know of anybody that has done that. I'm sure it has been done. Um, typically, you know, the person will exit and, and end up renting a property and stuff. But supposedly, yes, there is um, opportunities to get a, a mortgage right away. Um, typically, how long, what's the credit hit after a short sale? And how long after a short sale before somebody can get another government-backed mortgage? Um, so the, the credit score is going to vary because it's not just based off of the actual short sale. It's how many late payments, what else is going on with regard to your credit, you know, what you have in credit, what else you're missing and stuff. So it's hard to tell specifically the actual impact of the short sale itself. So that's going to vary quite a bit depending on the individual. There is no crystal ball anymore. They used to say it was 180 to 200 points. Um, I've seen people where they've done a short sale, they've got you know, very little going on and took a very small hit. I've seen you know, people have a large hit on their credit, but it will recapture after you do, do a short sale if you've got nothing else really going on very quickly. Um, as far as, you know, being able to get a, a new mortgage, um, I believe for the most part it's about three or four years after. And, uh, you know, as far as that, by the time somebody gets out, rents for a bit, cleans up their credit, if they've had a lot of issues going on, they can usually buy, they, they, they usually end up with really good credit after a short sale because their mindset changes. That's right. They get rid of debt and start realizing basically the importance of their credit. Um, so what have you seen or what are you seeing the, the effects on 
Well, let's first of all, let's talk about where in the country do you see or are you experiencing the, the largest increase in short sales? Um, because most people are going to have the mindset, well, how can there be short sales? Everyone has equity in their house. So, so I'm going to just answer my own question and let Michelle backfill it for me. So here's the thing. That is true. For the most part, during at least the a majority of the last, say, 10 years, people have been required to put down a large down payment. And the large down payment now has been also, you know, the house, the property, the asset has also increased in value. So you have a lot of folks that have maybe 10 or 15 and, you know, maybe 20% more in equity in their homes. So for them to get to the point where they'd have to do a short sale, obviously a majority of that equity would have to get wiped out through depreciation. Um, now, where are you seeing that anywhere, Michelle? Are you seeing where you think there's going to be a big increase in essentially underwater owners? Um, definitely. I mean, we still have it here in Florida. So, I mean, we, there's still a lingering effect, um, you know, from 2008 and onward. Um, there was a dip for some reason of a lot of people that, that got a new mortgage in 2017 that have defaulted again on those. Um, I'm going to say New York for sure, California, uh, Ohio, uh, you know, any of those states definitely are going to be front runners in what's to come. And I honestly think we just, you know, whether it's a, a short-term or long-term effect that we have after this, none of us know. But there will be people that, unfortunately, companies that do recover from this, and, and hopefully all of them do, um, but they're just going to downsize or stay real lean with employees and stuff. So, I think you're right. Think, and so, yep. Yeah, definitely. So what she's saying is she's in, in certain markets, you're going to have, obviously, we're going to touch on all the programs that are out there as far as mortgage deferments and whatnot. And that's definitely going to delay it, but it's going to delay the inevitable. Because what, what we believe and what Michelle believes is that you're going to see a lot of these small businesses that aren't going to come back. They're just, they don't have the, they don't have the staying, they have barely had the staying power to begin with, and they're certainly not going to have the desire to retool and bring all the staff members back. That's, you know, that's the big fear that the government has, and it's reasonable. The unemployment rate has spiked faster, and this is the largest unemployment since 1929, over 20%, and a lot of people believe it's going to be over 30%. So to think mm-hmm. there's going to be any sort of V-shaped recovery where things are just going to bounce back like you're you know, it's bouncing a ball on the floor. It's just not going to happen. And why isn't going to happen? Because all those businesses are not going to be able to re- rehire. Whether this, you know, moratorium, the stay-at-home Mickey Mouse lasts through the end of April. Some people are saying it's going to last through the end of May. Who knows? The moral of the story is that the, the pandemic is one problem. That's the primary problem. We, you know, everyone's talking about that. Let's not. We're focused on the financial, essentially, the financial pandemic that's going to come as a result of the health pandemic. And the financial pandemic is, appears to be we're already in a recession. People are saying we might be in a recession, but a recession is two quarters of negative uh, GDP, and there's been more GDP loss in uh, March, and then obviously April is going to make the second one, and, and evidently the history of America. So there's your two quarters. So we're going to be in a recession. Um, and then all these businesses that are letting employees go, all this uh, essentially this financial help isn't going to – stop the bleeding from any of these companies. They're just going to go out of business. They're not, they're not going to, you know, essentially they're not going to rehire. And you're looking at something like 60% of all people that are employed in the United States are employed by a so-called small business with 500 or fewer employees. My numbers might be wrong, but you get the gist of it. And so if the majority of those businesses are either reeling 
from the financial crash or just completely out of business. Or as Michelle suggested, they're going in a different direction and don't need to have as much staff anymore. The reality of it is is this is going to change the the employment landscape. And so for there not to be parts of the country, and this is where, like I was on a a coaching call with uh, Chuck Williamson, and Chuck is an unbelievably incredible, smart, 100% forward-looking agent, and we're talking about his area in Wilson, North Carolina. So Wilson, North Carolina, just to give you an example, if you want to know whether your area is going to see depreciation, here's, here's, your, uh, here's the recipe for it. It was one of the, low, the slowest markets to appreciate in this last seller's market. In other words, everything else closer to Charlottesville, for example, was appreciating. And then Wilson sort of came to the party about two or three years after everything else did because it was a bedroom community. So 45 minutes from the city center, those are, that's the definition of a bedroom community. A lot of the country basically falls into that definition. Where Julie and I used to sell real estate in Columbus, Ohio, you know, you, the further you push away from the city center, the less the real estate costs, and also those markets recovered the slowest if they recovered at all. But those are also the markets that are going to recover the quick, or I'm sorry, they're going to crash the quickest. So if you want to know where you will most likely fall, and your market will most likely, you know, where it'll be in the dominoes when they start to fall as far as the real estate. Uh, correction, crash, whatever word you want to use, the further out you are from city centers, the more you're probably going to experience it and the quicker you're going to experience it. You're going to go down further and you're going to stay down further. These are just you know, statistical historical facts. But here's the other thing. If you're in a business, if you're in a town where the employers, you know, three or four or five employers, generally speaking, a lot of, a lot of towns in the United States, and if you see those businesses right now, you need to look to see what they're doing. Are they laying off people? Are they you know, What's going on in those businesses? Do a little Google searching, and you might find that a lot of those businesses that have been stalwart employers for just decades aren't going to be around. Or, again, to Michelle's point, they're not going to be around in the same form. You need to know that when that demand goes away from people wanting to buy houses because they're unemployed or they're underemployed, that's going to be you know, an absolute precursor to another crashing market. So, Michelle, as I was giving my little monologue there, anything come to mind <laughs> other than, oh, my God, I can't believe we're living through this again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's back. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I've had people say to me that, uh, you know, that it, the market's going to recover, it's going to rebound. It's, I mean, we all hope for that, believe me. Um, but it's just, it's impossible for every person to go back to work you know, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, you know, but it's just not going to happen. And, and people are um, calling their mortgage companies, trying to do forbearances, the banks, for example, Bank of America. Um, I had a client call me last night. They called, I, I told them to call Bank of America, which is their lender. Their lender basically said to them, we are working on a month-to-month basis. You will get a forbearance for one month and then we'll reevaluate you next month. Um, he basically said to them, look, my employer furloughed me today. Um, he has a, he's got his own mortgage, and then he took one out for a rental property that he has. His rental, um, his, his tenant basically called him last week and said, I am unemployed. I cannot pay you on April 1st. So not only... You know, did he just find out yesterday that he's furloughed? He, his tenant is not going to be paying him. So he's getting a double hit, 
and literally he knows he's underwater even on his rental property. It's going on the market right away, and we're doing a short sell. I've already determined last night that he's underwater on his on his rental property. It, so, it, so the market the, – no, this is – that's a – Excellent example because that's true for all, I mean, most of the country. Everyone's basically been doing that because the rates are so low and now's a great time to borrow and the whole thing. It's just the inflation of another asset bubble, which comes from a lot of this, you know, Fed monetary policy, but we're not going to talk about that. So if you want to know also the markets that Michelle and I saw crash the fastest and the worst and stayed down the longest, it would be like the ones that she just described. Um, but really also you're looking at any sort of second home market. Those markets are going to take a beating second home agents. Some of you guys are still doing good, but I'm telling you, if you got to know the demographics, you got to know what's going on in your market. Um, and there's a really good chance that second home markets are going to absolutely go down the quickest. Any markets that are saturated with VRBOs guys go into VRBO and see what the rents are right now for VRBOs for a day. The many prices have just gone to zero. Airline tickets, you can fly anywhere in the country right now for 50 bucks, basically. So what we're trying to tell you is use your common sense and realize what's coming. There's looks like there's going to be an absolute alliteration in the commercial real estate. I've been really paying attention to that. Um, and so to Michelle's point also with, with regards to the mortgage forbearances, we're doing our best to keep in front of that information. And one of the things you guys um, need to know is we've prepared all the latest information on all the bailout programs that are available to real estate agents, which, by the way, Michelle, we should talk about how amazing is it that they are even creating programs for, you know, normal people. But in the regard – sorry, in between cups of coffee. The results mm -hmm. are, with regards to the mortgage forbearances, there, there is no uniform mortgage forbearance policy yet, but it appears that there's going to be. What we've been reading is that the mortgage servicing companies, and the servicing companies like a big bank, like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, they are seeking, guess what, a bailout specifically to cover their uh, to cover 12-month mortgage forbearances. And what we're predicting, and I'm, I hadn't told Michelle this yet, I'd be interested to know if she agrees, is we're predicting that there's a uniform, relatively, with quotes around it, easy way to get a mortgage forbearance if you just say you were affected by um, – you know, the virus, the uh, Wells Fargo, I know you can get a 90 day mortgage forbearance relatively easy. So all of you guys, no matter whether you have an easy route for a longer term forbearance, or even if it's just a 30 day one, like you just described, you absolutely need to be putting everything that you own into forbearance. And that includes rental properties, second home, primary residence, you need to be preserving your cash flow. You need to be doing that immediately. We have all the information about the bank's contact information, all the information on the, S, uh, the SBA programs, all the information on the pay Paycheck Protection programs. All, everything that you need is available, and all you got to do is text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996, and you're going to be given instant access. access I can't even talk. <laughs> access to it tells you how much I've been talking. I'm literally getting tongue tied on all these shows we've been doing you lately. Go. You're going to get, you're going to get immediate access to our free coaching program. And in that coaching program, you're going to be given all this information that you need to know about uh, the exact steps to put all your stuff in forbearance, to make it so you can take advantage of all the programs that are out there. We strongly encourage you to do this immediately especially the SBA ones, the Paycheck Protection ones, because once the money's gone, it's gone. These are, these are loans that are going to turn into grants, and the grant money is limited, if I remember correctly, to $350 billion. 
Once that money, money is lent out, you watch, guys. It's going to go within a week or two, maybe, maybe a month, but probably a week or two, because essentially everybody's going to be eligible for an, uh, an interest rate, you know, essentially reduction or a zero interest rate or a grant, some sort of special deal from the SBA, even if you're self-employed. So every single one of you listening right now must be texting the word survival to 31996. Um, so let's, can we, do you mind if, unless there's something specific you have on the top of your mind to talk about, do you want to talk about what's happened in the short sale process? What's changed since, for example, 2008? Um, yeah. I mean, as far as that, it's, the biggest change is probably, and I think it's a positive change, um, it slows down the process, so, slow, so to speak. Um, the waterfall testing where the first 30 days that you submit a package for a client, it has to go through the waterfall testing. And again, that waterfall testing is to see if the homeowner qualifies for a loan modification, then short sale, then deed in lieu, then foreclosure. Um, they will be tested um, based on the package, which is still very similar to 2008, you know, tax return, pay stubs, application, um, bank statements, hardship letter, sometimes, not always. Um, but they will go through what they call a waterfall testing and see if they, you know, have the ability to to get a modification. Now, nothing's changed as far as if you're unemployed, which is the mass, masses right now, I'm going to say, um, literally they're not going to qualify for a loan modification. So you can throw loan modification out the window. The banks want people to move over from loan modification if you are not able to say, keep a property or keep your home to a short sale. And that's where agents come in tenfold. So if you are, you know, either a new agent or past agent, this is a spoke that if you took out of your, you know, off your wheel, you've got to put it back in immediately. Um, you know, if you're a new agent, it's a great spoke to start off with. You don't, you don't have to have a center of influence a mile long or past clients or anything. This is a great spoke for you. We, you know, it's funny when you're talking about that. I was remembering back all the short sale calls that you were always co-hosting with me back in 07 and 08. And I, I remember saying constantly telling them that this is something that they need to know, obviously, because then it's going to put them in a position where they're going to, they're going to have a competitive advantage. And you know what? It took until like 2009, 2010, and then all the agents that had become monster agents in their markets because they had this skill set. Then basically we're able to make all those folks in the centers of influence and past clients. And, and some of the agents that started back uh, during really that crisis have since become some of the biggest names in real estate because they knew things that other agents didn't know at a time when obviously a lot of sellers needed that skill set. The bottom line is they did what they didn't want to do, and they didn't want to do it at the highest level, and we're in another one of those markets again. The old market, guys, the one that most of you have grown up in, has been based on relationships. Really, at the end of the day, it wasn't even about what you knew. It was more about who you knew, and that's mm -hmm. the reason that silliness like the social networking and all the things you guys thought was relevant, all that stuff that you've invested so much time in that wasn't ever really professional. It was just basically time-wasting activities. And you would then get business from, you know, centers of influence and past clients all the while you're making, you know, YouTube videos thinking that's what's doing it. 
you're going to quickly realize, if you haven't already, that those things at the end of the day weren't doing anything to get you business. They were just essentially a way to distract you from doing the real work. The real market now where the real money is going to be made is doing the real work of real estate, which is going to be able to have a skill set, having a specific set of tools in your toolbox so you can solve multiple problems for different types of sellers. Walking to a seller's house nowadays is completely going to be a completely different experience than it was. <laughs> it's just crazy to say, but even a month ago. A month ago, mm-hmm. in most markets, the houses were worth more. The houses would sell themselves. You, you could put a house that was in crappy condition for sale, and it would still sell itself with multiple bids for the most part in most of the country. Those days, listeners, are over, and they're not coming back. You've got to do yourself an enormous favor and stop fighting with that in your head and stop believing to the fools that are telling you that the market's going to pop back because it's not. It can't. The un- Just listen to what Michelle and I are you know, essentially probably grinding on too much. The unemployment numbers, that's what's going to be the ultimate precursor to a long-term real estate crash, correction, whatever your you know, fancy adjective is. That's what's going to be the thing that's going to be the downfall. So the financial or the economic pandemic is going to affect more people, believe it or not, than even the health pandemic did. This is absolutely a skill set you need to know. Michelle, what are you seeing? I mean, I would think in your position – you would notice if there was uh, the banks, if the banks were anticipating a huge increase in distress, they'd be staffing up again because I know they laid off a lot of their distress type staff in the banks. Are you seeing that? What are you visual? What are you seeing from the inside? I, I, I honestly think they will be, you know, for sure. I mean, but to to speak to that right now today, um, the short sale departments, the loss mitigation departments are on overflow. What used to take me five minutes to call in and get you know, a negotiator, speak to someone about a file, is now taking between one and two hours. Um, so the, the workload for them is just increasing. Yes, they're, they're speaking to homeowners that are looking for forbearances, but that's just going to keep expanding. They're going to need more employees to handle the forbearances initially. And, you know, that's going to shift, I believe, to short sales, period. Yeah, it has to. Um, And, yes, guys, someone with equity might even need to do a short sale in some weird situations if they have to get the household fast enough and the equity isn't enough to cover all the, the, you know, you got property taxes if someone hasn't paid that and there's strange liens against the property, you've really got to know what you're doing in these situations. Um, And so we've got your backs. We are obviously retooling the short sale program. It's part of our premier coaching program. Premier coaching students, you're going to be hearing more about this because as we do with everything, we're keeping you way ahead of the curve. Julie and I started talking about short sales back in 2007. How did we know that the short sale micro was returning? Uh, because we are listening to all of our coaching students explain that they're having all these problems with their sellers being near underwater or underwater. And we knew it was going to be essentially back then an, an economic pandemic, if you will, for you know home equity. That same thing is going to happen again. And how soon it's going to happen with all these forbearances and all this economic you know twinkering, we don't really know, but it's going to happen. It's inevitable. The choice is for most sellers, you know, essentially between two bads, right? After the forbearances and after they you know, the, the handouts basically stop, the bailouts, whatever you want to call them, then they're going to be faced down with the fact that they either can't get a job that pays the same amount of money, can't get a job at all, or just some situation in their lives has changed to the point where they have this house that's become something they need to get rid of. 
their choice is either going to be to abandon it and essentially trash their credit through a foreclosure, or it's going to be doing a short sale. This is assuming they can't do any kind of you know, loan modification. In those situations, do you have the skill set to help those people through that decision-making tree? Do you have the skill set to help to explain them what a short sale is? Imagine how confident you'll be calling expireds and other lead sources that we teach you as part of the premier coaching program. Imagine how confident you'll be knowing that when you pick up the phone, there's a you know, 50% chance in some markets you're going to be talking to an owner who doesn't know they have the option of a short sale. Maybe their old listing agent had given up on them. Maybe the other agents who they've spoken to don't have the skill set. That gives you a competitive advantage in the marketplace. You know, honestly, I'm thinking back to all the agents, Michelle, that you and I helped back in the day and how, they, how grateful and how thankful they were. I think ultimately that's what keeps me focused on this type of content and material, even though it's somewhat depressing, to be honest, is the mm-hmm. reality of it is, is that there are so many agents that if we don't teach them this um, quickly and efficiently, they're not going to know, and they're going to be the ones that are experiencing the financial hardships. You know, emotionally, this really takes me back, doesn't it? What are you, what are you thinking? I'm just curious. I mean, it's just a, probably the best thing that has come out of this, is, and I think about this often recently, is when we first listened in to your program in, I think, 2007 or eight or I don't even know, and it was probably the best call ever and changed our lives as far as real estate and in general. I mean, you know, you guys taught us, um to i'm going to say be lean as far as you know what we were doing financially personally to you know how to succeed in the marketplace when it crashed very quickly um and you know i mean my thought process is adam and said it the other day you know there's no playlist there's no history books you know, and, and I keep thinking there are no rules right now. You know, the rules are all changing. And so in my mind, Harris rules. You know, I mean, I know 20 books, and it certainly comes into play right now. I mean, really, you guys are on the forefront of staying relevant to everything that's going on. And if agents want to succeed in the coming years, they need to be listening and adapting to the change. And just so you guys are clear, and thank you for all that. I really appreciate it. And uh, just so you guys are clear, Michelle wasn't looking forward to this. I promise you, Julie and I and all our staff and coaches weren't looking forward to this. If you hear some hesitation in my voice, that's real, because we just didn't want to have to coach agents through another market like this. Because this is going to be really freaking hard for a lot of people because not because really honestly learning the process of doing a short sale, for example, it's not the only thing you need to know. A short sale is not certainly the only spoke that you need to have on your lead generation wheel for sure. Um, But it's not that learning how to do it is difficult. Matter of fact, if anything, it's gotten easier since 07, 08. But really what the challenge is is moving you guys past your own emotional attachment to the belief that somehow things are just going to bounce back to the way they were. And all the psych, you know, all the doctor filling of the agents, you know, really at the end of the day, all the psychology and the sort of the coach, the calls and the extra texts. I've been getting inundated with those, and so is Julie and all of our staff the last really three weeks because you guys, so many of you, are caught in this never, never land between the old market and the new market, and you're literally not moving forward, and you're hoping that the old market happens again. That's an enormous mistake. 
that's going to be the very thing that kills most of you financially because you're not moving fast enough forward. You need to just forget that the market's going to come back. It's not. No, no, hopefully, maybe. It's possible, but it does. But it won't. But it does. It is possible. <laughs> we could be optimistic, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's mm-hmm. just not conceivable that it will. So let's just, let's just play the hand we were dealt, right? Let's just accept the fact that in this new market, we have to learn to do the things that, frankly, we never learned in the first place. And by, you know, we, I mean, most of you guys. So you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to accept the fact that everything, virtually everything that you've been doing for the last 10 years, I'm not going to say it's completely irrelevant, but it's mostly irrelevant in this new market. And that's a, that's a bitter pill for a lot of you to swallow. And so here's the mistake, again, you're going to make. You're going to look to validate staying where you're staring put mentally and emotionally. You're going to look for things to attach yourself to, people that are going to reinforce the idea that you don't have to learn anything new. And again, that's the mistake. You're going to be somebody basically who's a year from now, 18 months from now, who you're going to have suffered needlessly just because you didn't take the time to take action on the things we're asking you to do. It's not that complicated, guys. But the complicated part is the emotions that are holding you back. In, you know, in, it, with boats, right, there's these things that keep a boat tied to a dock. They're called mooring lines. You need to cut those mooring lines so that you can go to the next level. And there isn't a competitive advantage, obviously, being a first mover, knowing how to solve these problems for people. There is a c- competitive advantage knowing how to have a conversation with the seller about complicated things like this. You know, we give you all that content. That's part of our coaching program. So what I strongly encourage all of you to do urgently is, look, if you want to go right to the coaching program, I'll tell you what to do. I'm going to give you a shortcut because this is the move that all of you should be making. Just text me directly on my private cell phone line and just put coaching in the subject line, and I will have somebody call you back immediately. We are already getting incredibly busy for new agents joining our coaching program, but if you want to get it ahead of the line, just text me directly, 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206, and I'll send you directly to our new member coaches, and they'll call you back usually within 10 or 15 minutes and get you in the coaching program so you can start learning these things. I personally remember back to all of the people that were on those calls that we were doing in 07, and Michelle didn't know what a short sale was. She wasn't even a U.S. citizen. She was Canadian, and now all those things have changed. But there, was, there were literally thousands of agents maybe even tens of thousands of agents that we told what short sales were starting in 07. And a vast majority of those, or at least so many of those people to this day are still friends, followers, fans, coaching clients of ours who will go back and thank us for having shaken them loose back then and saved them from the financial devastation that unfortunately awaited most everyone else that was attached to the past. Don't be like that, guys. Please take action on all of this. So if you want to join the coaching program now, just text me directly, 512-758-0206, and just put the word coaching in the subject line. So, Michelle, unfortunately or fortunately, I'm going to have to invite you back on a frequent basis for updates as this market goes through this uh, new corrective cycle. Um, Anything else you'd like to say to all these guys as we round the bend? Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to, you know, get on the train and go with it. Because even for me, who's in the trenches of short sales all day, every day, um, it's, it's going to be a learning curve, you know, even for me. Um, but, you know, fortunately, those that join the program or are involved in your program are going to be on the forefront of information, the rapid changes that are going to be happening, um, what's new to short sale, how to get involved in it. 
you know, and how to enhance your business. And and if you're not going to get on that train, you're going to miss out. I mean, I, it's it, I we had an attorney come into Joel, my husband Joel's office at Century 21. I'm going to say in 2007 or 8 or whenever it first happened, and that attorney said to the entire office um, that this would not this market would not last more than a month. And boy, was he wrong, and thankfully we did not listen to him. We listened to Tim and Julie, stayed focused with their program, and, um, I mean, it was the best thing that we ever did. So, you know, you can be in denial or you can get, you know, out of denial and move forward, period. Yeah, and and the, and the emotions that come from – thank you again – and the emotions that come from essentially uh, knowing how to help people when other people can't, I have to tell you guys – that's unbelievably gratifying. It's just it makes you feel so good. Walking, or in this case, talking to people on the phone who think they're out of options and saying, Mr. Seller, if there was a way for you to sell your house and, and avoid foreclosure um, and you know not trash your credit in some cases, be able to buy a house sometime in the near future after the short sale, would that be something you'd be interested in? And they're going to be going like, what? <laughs> huh? I mean, these are the conversations that you guys need to learn how to have if you choose to be relevant in this new market. So there it is. I hope hopefully you guys will, you know, take action on all this. I know because I'm not, you know, I've been doing this forever. I know not all of you will. I know some of you guys are going to be in contact with us in a year or two, and you're going to say you wish you would have. So do yourself a favor, and if you're not absolutely seeing the urgency in moving forward with this information now, you've got to ask yourself what the future, future version of yourself wishes the current version of yourself would have done. And look, guys, if we all are correcting on the, you know, we're hoping for the best, but we're preparing for the worst. So maybe the worst isn't really going to happen, and maybe things are going to essentially right themselves within a year, maybe less, even though I cannot see how that's even remotely conceivable. But maybe I'm wrong. I wasn't wrong before, but maybe I'm wrong now. It's possible, right? That's my attempt at humility, folks, okay? Um, You still will benefit from having this knowledge because of the fact you're still going to run into sellers in your marketplaces that are going to need to do short sale. Maybe it's not going to be 50%, but maybe if it's only 10%, that's still 10% more sellers you could have helped that otherwise other agents won't be able to. You guys see how having a competitive advantage based on skill set matters? It always matters, but it really matters now. So welcome to the new market, folks. Welcome to the skills-based market. I hope you take that seriously. If you guys want to join our coaching program, please do by, you know, I'll give you the, the fast track. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. If you guys want to just get into the uh, essentially the, the to learn more about the forbearances and all the other things we talked about, just text the word survival to 31996. Hey, Michelle, thank you. I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Thanks, Tim. Talk to you soon. God bless everyone. Bye. Bye. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.